Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. The Climb, a short story set in the Poison Root universe. Part One. Taken from the collected diaries of Father Peter Brennan, recovered from the ruins of the Library of Leaves. 14th day of Fendus. 1456. I had a visitor today. The High Father himself, would you believe? Our blessed leader, Father Loris. He wished to speak with me in private on a matter of great import. Well, of course I agreed. We adjourned to the cloister, and over a tray of tea and cake brought by one of the acolytes, he laid out his plan. The arbor, that which is fundamental to our religion, has always been at the base of everything we believe. Recorded history suggests at least 1,400 years of symbiosis with the tree, and in all that time, no real steps have been made to research it. Something, the High Father suggested, was keeping us back. High Father, whatever can you mean? I said. He frowned, and here I shall relate the conversation that followed. Tell me, my child he said, his walnut-brown skin creasing around the eyes. Have you ever thought of climbing the tree? The arbour? Climbing it? I spluttered, a chill running through me. Such a thing is sacrilege, I thought, an affront to everything the church holds dear. My feelings must have been brutally plain on my face, for Father Loris's features relaxed into a kindly smile. Of course you have never thought about it. There is a deep sense of blasphemy in you, in me, in all of us that to even conceive of the idea feels wrong, unworthy. But there it is. He took a sip of tea and winced. Too sweet. You really drink it with that much sugar? I nodded, struck dumb by the enormity of the idea the High Father presented. He placed the teacup back into its saucer and shook his head. Oh, to be young again. The blasphemy, the idea that climbing the arbour is somehow bad, is instilled in us at an early age. I learned it from my tutors, just as you did. Just as my tutors learned it from their elders, and so on, back through the history of the church. I wonder, he mused, stroking the wispy beard that clung to his chin, I wonder who it was that first decided this. Perhaps it was even the arbour itself. I opened my mouth to disagree, then closed it again. We were told, after all, that the early men had spoken with the arbour and received replies. I am not going to have my tenure as High Father end without some sort of original research to show for it, my son, the High Father went on. He leaned forward. Why do we research things? To supplement our learning, I suppose. To confirm it or correct it. Think on from there. I rested my chin on one hand, elbows on the table, unconsciously mirroring my guest. If someone climbed the arbour and were turned away, or suffered some mishap, then we would have some evidence towards confirming that the old wisdom is still relevant. And if one were to climb the tree successfully, discover new things, a new branch of research could be opened up. Exactly. He sat back again into the plush red armchair and sipped his tea. We could discover new life, new medicines, things to improve the life we have and ways to more easily end that life. Those things must be catalogued, categorised, controlled. The person you send would have to be someone fairly special. 
I can think of three or four acolytes here, ones that I trained personally, who might have the attention to detail and the stamina to perform such a feat, I said, already reviewing the candidates in my head. Do you think I came here merely for your advice? The High Father said. Then he began to laugh, a dry wheezing sound that ended in coughing. He composed himself and smiled at me, eyes twinkling in the sunlight. Peter, you have trained some of the best and they will carry on in your absence admirably, I am sure. I am here to give you your next research assignment. He gave a wicked grin. Climb the arbour. And so it was done, in three words. No pleas would he hear. He already had answers to most of my reasons for sending someone else, almost as if he had planned every word. I have no familial ties, no dependents, no pets. All of the skills a person would need were already at my disposal, with a little improvisation. Even the matter of my own slowly advancing years, already forty-five summers gone, were waved away with one beringed hand. I was to climb the arbour. Sixteenth day of Fendus, 1456. A busy day yesterday precluded me from writing in this diary, but I shall make amends today and attempt to describe all that has gone on. The exact nature of my research task has become a secret which is known only by a select few. The High Father, of course, myself, my assistant Dolan, and Father Baker. The latter was unavoidable, however much you dislike your immediate superior. It would be rudeness in the extreme to leave without informing him. That meeting yesterday morning, as the cock crowed, was made infinitely easier by the presence of the High Father in the room, but he left the talking to me. I have to say I surprised myself in how quickly the justification for this came to my own lips. High Father Loris had evidently done a better job on me than I had even realised. Of course, Father Baker had little choice but to give me access to the resources I needed and make way for me, I think, despite the arthritis that plagues his knees on frosty mornings, that he was jealous of the potential opportunities. The curl of his lip as I explained exactly what I would be climbing told me much about how closed his mind was to the idea, though. The rest of the day was taken in a flurry of activity, collecting trail rations, a bedroll, clothing, stout boots, my sandals, often repaired, are sadly not up to the task, and blankets. The High Father entrusted to me, before he left in his carriage, several small gold and silver ingots. Each one, about the size of my thumb, represents more money than I have ever seen in my life. I have one next to me now, a gold slug of metal that reflects the candlelight most pleasingly. I can see why some men spend their entire lives collecting the stuff, despite it only having worth in the eyes of those who trade in it. He also gave me, from his own pocket, an automatic flint and steel. You never know, was all the High Father would say, and he's right. I have no idea of what I'm really letting myself in for, and the enormity of the project is just starting to set in. Here is my itinerary for the next few weeks. Six days travel on foot from Downshire, east to Darren, then another four east to Velex Hall. North three days to Simmel's Hearth, how quaintly the villages and towns are named in our country. North seven days to River's Song. I must be at River's Song within 20 days, for the High Father has ensured that a ferry will be there waiting for me to take me up river to Rootholm. The ferries are contracted, though, and will not wait, 
It is my understanding that the ferries remain one of the few ties we have to the SIC, and it is easy to see why when our goals and resources lie so far apart. Nevertheless, their steam ferries are quite the easiest way to get around. One day rest and recuperation at Rootholm, and ensuring that I have everything I need. The High Father regrets that he will not be there to see me off. The rest of the itinerary is projected, but all research projects need a plan of some sort, no matter how audacious they be. Five days allowed for climbing up the tree. This may be an easy task. Branches wider than most of our roads are evenly spaced up the trunk, and I can make camp on any of those. To get further than we can view with our eyes, vertically up, I will need to climb for around eight hours of all of those days. It will not be climbing in the true sense of the word, as parts of the trunk are beveled, at least to our eyes, and allow for sloping paths. They are narrow and extremely steep, but one works with what one has. Twenty days for research. This is, I feel, the most flexible part of the project. Depending on how high I reached during the previous days, I will perhaps need to eat into this time for climbing. Eating is an appropriate word for another reason, as I will be carrying my rations on my back and can manage enough for a little over four weeks. Four days to descend. The High Father has kindly offered me a room and board at Rootholm for several weeks afterwards, no doubt so that he is the first to hear about any findings. It is the least I can do for an old man. Besides, I will no doubt be extremely tired by that point. Tiredness is an apt subject to come round to, for I feel this has become somewhat of a ramble. It is gone nine bells, and my candle is beginning to burn low. My boots, stiff and uncomfortable for now, are sat ready to be donned after morning meal, and my pack, quite the heaviest I have carried for a good long time, leans by the door ready to be shouldered. I leave on the morrow. Tune in next week for part two. If you like what you hear, then why not share it with a friend? And come and check out my website at www.stevecookfiction.com where you'll find this episode and many others 